On this week's episode, we're once again diving into Survivor and Big Brother, talking about the specific reasons why I think Survivor is a better show narratively, but also talk about the unique properties that Big Brother has as a narrative show. We also might get into a little bit of talk, uh, a little bit of spoiler territory when it comes to a recent movie that came out in Nope. All this and more coming up. internet it's been a week since i have last posted and i posted pretty late on a wednesday uh, night sorry i'm probably looking to post pretty late on wednesday again uh, but hey i've been keeping this up weekly so at least at least you can say i'm consistently posting on wednesdays now uh, that has not been a thing of mine granted i did not post uh two weeks ago on wednesday but i was at a wedding so that doesn't count so get off my back all right i can i can, I can allow myself one week off um anyway Today, we're going to really just kind of jump right into um, what this topic is today. I don't really have any stories that happened to me this weekend. Um, really, it was more of me just kind of surviving and getting reintegrated back into society uh, as I uh, as I had this massive bachelor trip that I took last week, and it, it wrecked me. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I actually did go cliff jumping on uh, this bachelor uh, party. Uh, we ended up going to like three different locations, and... Um, and in, in case I'm worried about repeating myself, es- essentially what happened was we went to this place uh, where there's these two cliffs. There was one little cliff uh, that didn't have a spectacular name. Uh, and then there's this other cliff called, uh, <laughs> nicknamed the Big Tit. Now, the Big Tit was very high. I would say it was a couple of stories at least, like maybe maybe closer to four or five. And, uh, and I've never gone cliff jumping before. I've never like thought about how dangerous it was. And so when I jumped off this cliff, I remember falling. Um, I, I remember I had to do it. Uh, we had a shot. We had a drone shot that needed to be captured. So, I mean, basically, I, I had to threaten my life. Otherwise, you know, like, we're never going to get a cool drone shot like that again. Uh, also, it was a bachelor party. I mean, like, you're, you're going to do stupid things at a bachelor party. So I go careening off this cliff. And at first, it's looking pretty good. You know, it looks like I'm going to land feet first. And then all of a sudden, I start tilting at a 45 uh, degree angle. And and I end up hitting the water at about the 90 degree angle uh, on my left side. And uh, at first, you know, it hurt. It hurt like hell. <laughs> it was very painful. But there's like no scars, no wounds or anything like that. Um, and it was only this last week, uh, kind of jumping ahead, where I started to notice that there's like this huge bruise on the side of my leg. And there was also like this bruising on my chest, which I'm still kind of dealing with. I ended up going working out today. And uh, it was, I was having troubles like lifting because all of a sudden my chest where I landed uh, started hurting. So hopefully I'm not like slowly dying and like bleeding internally. I don't don't think I am, but but I think I think that uh, cliff jumping is not something in my future. But you know what is in my future? More Big Brother and Survivor talk. I know I'm completely obsessed with these two shows. I've been completely obsessed with Big Brother since 2014, back in Big Brother 16, and I've only really started recently watching Survivor. And what's interesting about my journey into these reality TV show competition shows is that I feel like I kind of did it in reverse. <laughs> I feel like uh, Survivor is kind of the big show that everybody gets into uh, when they first start joining this fandom. And Big Brother is the show that um, that people go maybe hop into the more hardcore uh, fans of the shows. But I did it in reverse, you know, and I think good on me, because if I had watched Survivor first and then I tried watching Big Brother, I don't think I ever would have watched an episode of Big Brother again, because Survivor, I feel narratively 
and structurally is just the better show overall. And I kind of wanted to talk about this in terms of the podcast and in terms of the story they tell. Boom, marketing, getting it in there, getting all the branding. But anyway, let's go ahead. Let's talk about why why these shows are so different in terms of storytelling. Um, I think the big difference that Big Brother has compared to Survivor is that Big Brother is a live show. It is it is currently, it is cur- like at the time of this recording, uh, it is currently airing. Uh, it, we're going into Big Brother 24. And if you wanted to right now, you could subscribe to Paramount Plus. Uh, maybe I'll put an affiliate link. I don't know. A nice description. We'll see. But you could subscribe to Paramount Plus and you can watch what they call the live feeds. And what the live feeds are, are you can basically watch the people who are in the Big Brother house play Big Brother like 24-7-ish, all right? Uh, live feeds typically go down for like competitions and for uh, numerous reasons. Uh, there's there's actually somebody who ended up quitting this season in the first week and the live feeds went down for that when all that was going down because they didn't want to uh, show all that to the public. They, it was like more of a private thing uh, for the show. So it really, like the live feeds go up and down, but for the most part, I mean, there is like, if you wanted to, like, if I wanted to go back into the live feeds and watch the, um, and watch from like 12 p.m. to like 4 a.m., I, I could, right? Like, it's, it's constantly on and it creates this really interesting dynamic as far as storytelling. Cause I don't think there is a show on air that is as unique as Big Brother is with its storytelling. What's so interesting is that, like, when, it, when you invite a story, when you create a reality TV show, you do tell a story, right? We kind of experienced that a little bit. Uh, we've talked about that a little bit with The Ultimatum, right? Where it's telling the story of these couples, right? But Big Brother, because it's live, it has, it has like, we- and because people can watch the live feeds, which is so bizarre, uh, it creates this weird narrative dissonance between what the audience can see and what the actual show is. So, for example, earlier this season, there was this whole incident concerning a contestant named Taylor. And Taylor basically was ostracized from this group of people. And it was pretty bad. Like, it was it was pretty bad. There's a little bit of racial implications. There's things that I'm not necessarily feel like I qualify to talk about. But it was, it was pretty hard to watch on the live feeds. And watching watching that situation go down and then seeing how they edit in the show and when they edit it on the show they downplay it very much so and the reason being is that because well i mean it's not a very fun topic to talk about and in fact it kind of and the way that the week happened one of her uh, one of her main antagonists taylor's main antagonist she ended up leaving the house anyway due to a quit and so the show i feel like didn't feel the need to kind of cover that ground or ne- didn't necessarily want to cover that ground even though taylor has been kind of going through these weeks dealing with a lot of pressure, a lot of like different bullying and isolation tactics. And it's not been very fun, right? And there is this weird dissonance between the show and its hardcore fan base. I think the thing what's so interesting about the hardcore Big Brother fan base is it is a very toxic community. <laughs> Last year, I actually attempted to do a YouTube channel where I would cover the show week to week. And then things started happening on the show. Um, uh, specifically that had to do with race. Again, I felt like I wasn't very qualified to talk about subjects on that matter. And the online discussion and the discourse around it was just so negative and so crazy that I was just like, all right, well, I'm out. <laughs> I need to figure out a different uh, niche to go down. And that's honestly how I kind of came down to uh, talking about more of like just general storytelling techniques and stuff like that, or how I, how I came to credit create a podcast that where it was just like myself. Right. And so, and so anyway, it, it does create this weird and interesting, um, this interesting dynamic between the edited show and 
the the actual events that are going on. However, this also gives Big Brother a very unique advantage compared to any other show, uh, any other reality show, is that it is it is unadulterated. It is reality. You could sit down and watch these people play this game in the house right now. And that is something that is unique to Big Brother. Every other reality show, including Survivor, which we'll talk about in a minute, has has an edit. They have they already know what the results are going to be, and so for that re- and so for that reason, uh, they already film everything and they put the show together after the fact. Big Brother, I mean, you could just watch it live, and honestly, it gives some amazing moments. Uh, speaking of the contestant that we're talking about, Taylor, this this last week, uh, she went from a person that was constantly being put on the block, constantly being targeted and isolated, to we see her rebuild. We see her get into an alliance with a guy named Michael who gets her into an alliance. We see them basically uh, are able to manipulate and get a bigger alliance together of like these complete outsiders. And now they're targeting people that were against Taylor. And honestly... It's spectacular. It's great. And you see like how all these people are lying to each other. You see them like you'll see them lie and then you'll see them go into another room and be like, yeah, yeah, I just totally lied to that person. Isn't that great? And it's this kind of weird like game gamesmanship that you can see on just like live in person. It's just it's crazy, right? It, It is a truly unique experience. And it's something that I love about the show. And that's why like whenever I watch the show, I don't just watch the actual edited show that it's presented to us because honestly the show has many problems which we might dive into a little bit which we'll dive into a little bit more. But I also like do a companion podcast. Um, there's this podcast called RGP. I've mentioned it a bunch of times, but they go through the live feeds. It's something that I can listen to pretty much every day because live feeds are every day. And uh, the person who does it, Taryn Armstrong, is just really good at giving us the basic elements of gameplay that's going on and also kind of the social uh, things that are going on in the house. And he does an excellent job and it keeps me invested in the show. Because even though like a lot of hardcore Big Brother fans are like self-hating Big Brother fans, there still is like a really active community and it's still a really passionate community. And sometimes it gets very toxic and it becomes like a problem. But for the most part, I, I really enjoy discussing the community and discussing the elements. Now, Survivor... We've talked about this before. Survivor, at one point in time, was the biggest show in America. It was the biggest television show in America. Uh, The season one finale had a a tune-in rate of about 54 million people, which is crazy. It It is Super Bowl numbers. It's numbers that will never be achieved again with how streaming works and how, like, different platforms work in that way, right? There's never going to be, like... A single thing on television that everybody's going to be watching at the same exact time, quite like Survivor, outside of, you know, Super Bowls and stuff like that. Um, And what's so interesting about Survivor is that, as we kind of discussed earlier, Survivor is an edited show. And because of that reason, they already know who the winner is going to be when the first episode airs because they've already filmed it. They've already went out to, uh, well, Fiji now uh, or whatever location that they went to in the uh, in the 2000s. Uh, they've already put together the show. They've already done all the editing. Uh, they already have, they already know who the winner is going to be. They already know what the votes are going to be. They just have to do, in most seasons, that all they have to do is they have to read out the votes at the live show finale, which takes place about like six months after the season has finished uh, wrapping up. And it's it creates this really interesting opportunity for Survivor that I think it's taken it's taken full advantage of. Because Survivor, I feel, more so than Big Brother, is 
is a show that's really dedicated, like its overall feeling and its overall themes are really dedicated by who wins that season of the show. That's why if you look at Survivor and you see and you like like different seasons, a lot of it depends on who the winner is, right? Um, not to spoil too much of Survivor, but um, I think that my two favorite seasons of Survivor would have to be Survivor 33, uh, which is Millennials versus Gen Xers, and Survivor 28, Survivor Cagayan. Uh, Cagayan is a very special season because, one, I'm Filipino, so it's very cool to see a little bit of Filipino representation. But uh, uh, I don't want to spoil the results of that season, but uh, Survivor uh, Millennials vs. Gen Xers is the season that I like to introduce to people. It's a very underdog-heavy season. You get to learn a lot of different stories. Uh, One of the most powerful stories would be um, the story of David Wright, who is this writer who, at the very beginning of the show, it's... He's, he's a nervous wreck. You know, he's anxiety filled. He really doesn't know what he's doing out there uh, in the island. He kind of, I don't know how to describe him without sounding mean. He kind of looks a little bit weaselly, you know, like he's, he's like bald. He's has like a beard and he's like very, very, very thin. Like you look at this guy and you think, oh, put this guy on an island. He's going to die in like three days, right? That's kind of the overall vibe that David Wright goes into. And he really plays on this personality, right? But Survivor isn't really about survival right survivor is more so about the game the game that's going on and like because of the fact that survivor has an element where you go to this thing called tribal council if you lose a challenge and that you vote people out it becomes it has become this really intricate game of social strategy i would almost say that survivor is like a better game of thrones in some ways where there's a lot of political intrigue going on and when people get voted out it's like you might as well consider them like dead characters right they're gone and in some instances it really does feel that way even watching back older seasons there's been instances where i watch a character that i really like they get voted out, and I have the sad realization that they're never going to be on television ever again. <laughs> it's just, it's brutal. Like, obviously, they're still alive. They're at home. They're living their best life or whatever. But it is it is still something that I deeply feel sometimes for certain characters. Um, and so what makes what makes that that element of the show interesting is that they have you have um you have this ability to tell the story um so with millennials versus gen xers even though that uh david wright spoiler alert does not win the show you see his progression he starts off as a nervous man he then gets a little bit more power come the merge when the two tribes uh because survivor usually starts with two or three tribes but uh during the merge you see like um you see that all the tribes come together and then all the inner tribe dynamics pop out on the screen. And that's also very interesting to see. Um, And then you see David Wright, you know, he kind of narrowly survives, gets to the merge, and then you see him just take over the game for a bit. And even though ultimately he does come short of the goal, I think that the other story that they tell, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is equally as interesting, right? Because of what, what that kind of story implies. So, Going on to who actually wins Millennials versus Gen Xers? Who's the actual winner? Well, the actual winner is a guy named Adam Klein, who by all accounts is a really amazing person. I'm really glad that he won. Uh, he was a millennial. And uh, that's that's the one thing I will say that ages really badly about this season is that they do this thing where, where Jeff Probst, the host of the show, and like maybe the goat of all hosting, uh, he, he, said, he always like has these lines of like, yo, Adam, as a millennial, how do you feel like you're surviving this situation? And then Adam gives like the cheesy response. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, or he, <laughs> that's, a, that's such a disservice to Adam Klein. Uh, he'll just be like, you know, uh, we're just like all, 
we're just all, you know, uh, crazy millennials, you know, we don't really think before we act, uh, you know, Taylor and, uh, Taylor and Figgy are already starting a relationship, you know, that's just how millennials roll, and then Jeff would be like, all right, Gen Xers, as Gen Xers, how do you feel like your camp's doing, and then, like, Kendall will come up, and he'll be like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, we're just hard working. We don't, we don't have time for tomfoolery like those millennials. And it's just like, there's all these, like, it's constantly like this, this like age gap divide. And it's so dumb. Like it's so, it's so mess and it's like so unnecessary. But, but needless to say, uh, we go back to Adam and what Adam's story is, is it's really unique. It's, it's maybe one of the most unique stories in all of reality television where we meet Adam he was a super, or he is, I would still say he is, a super fan of the show Survivor. And him and his mother were actually supposed to be on an earlier season of Survivor, Blood vs. Water, where they were supposed to be a mother-son team, and they were supposed to compete on on this reality show. Unfortunately, uh, Adam's mother uh, uh, got uh, terminal terminal cancer. And so he went... On, when he's on the show, he is competing for his family and he's competing for for his mom, and he sees it as kind of this opportunity for himself to to uh, give his family a little bit of hope and a little bit of respite. And he play the way he plays the strategy; it's really interesting. Adam does this thing where um, I feel like his game is a little bit overlooked, and that's why I want to talk about him a little bit in this sense too. Is that he plays a very interesting game in terms of he 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 plays a game that I would dub the bad ally game, where he creates this really strong alliance with people like David Wright or with like people like Ken, who I mentioned before, who's a challenge beast, and he he kind of pits them against each other in subtle ways. Like Ken and uh, David were really strong, but David clearly couldn't beat Ken in a competition, and. Adam knew the fact that Ken would vote out David if given the circum if given the opportunity because David was the clear pick for winner and it creates this whole like interesting dynamic where basically Adam is using David as a shield and to top it all off Adam does a really good job this season uh making friends with the enemies um he he has this really interesting dynamic with uh, this other contestant Jay, and what they bond over is actually uh, their shared experience of having mothers who are going through life threatening illness. Jay, I think, had if I remember correctly, this is all coming off the top of my head. Jay Jay's mom had a heart condition that she was able to get over, and when Adam reveals to her that uh, reveals to him about his mother and about what she's going through with her cancer, it really bonds them and it really creates this tight bond. And even though Jay knows that Adam is one day going to vote him out on the island the amount of respect and love that they have for each other by the end of the season is honestly really beautiful and it's something that i've not seen on a reality tv show and that's not to say that this strategy is perfect i think that adam does a lot of bad things with this strategy where he's a little bit over overly nice to some of his enemies and they end up kind of throwing him under the bus uh you also see that his allies uh quote-unquote allies are a little bit peeved when adam is talking to the other side and that creates creates a little bit of riff and you see that throughout adam's game it's certainly not perfect but when adam gets to the final travel council against two um, very worthy competitors. He brings out the story of his mother. He brings out the fact that he has worked with everybody at the camp. And it really, he wins with a 10-0 vote. And what's so interesting about the story is that when he goes, when he ends up winning the money, it's six months later, he ends up telling the story about how when he got back, he ended up, he ended up going to his, he ended up going 
going back and getting on a pl- on like the first flight that he could. He ended up seeing his mother and he ended up he I believe he was able to talk to her for a little bit and then she ends up passing away like the very next day right after he sees her. And it's just so the way that he tells the story, I'm not doing it justice here. Like I can't I can't really like form the emotion that's going on with Adam because it's 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 heartbreaking. It's it really is. And he even even says it, you know? Like this is I know this is great. I know this is a great story, but this is my life. You know, like what what am I supposed to do? You know, and it's beautiful that Adam had the opportunity to do this, but it's also beautiful that Survivor was able to kind of tell this tale. And you know, like to be fair to Adam too, like he does. There's 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 moments like after the show too where he was like, yeah, you know, I kind of wish that it focused more on my gameplay. Uh, but overall, I I really was really happy with the experience, and that's kind of the power that Survivor has that Big Brother doesn't. Because with Big Brother, it's very hard to tell like an underdog story, right? Like if if they want, like they sometimes will tell an underdog story, but then what will happen is because the show is live, you'll spend all this amount of time invested in this character only for them to be like out of the house within a week, right? <laughs> That's not great. That's not great for like narrative storytelling as a whole. And I think that, I think that Big Brother definitely could improve in a lot of areas. I think that um, the big problem that, uh, the big problem that Big Brother has currently is that I feel like, and this is a big complaint I have. I feel like production doesn't care <laughs> as much on Big Brother. CBS has been uh, touting out Big Brother since like the early 2000s, and it still feels kind of like an early 2000s show. Uh, they changed the house back in like Big Brother 7, I believe, and now they're on Big Brother 24, and I think they're still using the same house. It still has a lot of the same problems. They keep on recycling competitions, though. Survivor does that too, I'm not going to lie. But you know, it's 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 a harder show to it's a harder show to navigate, and I wish that they would spend more time in production, like actually caring about the show. But that's neither here or there. I think both shows have a little bit of benefits. I think Survivor is ultimately the better narrative show, but who's to say, right? If you're a fan of both, I'm not going to yuck your yum, <laughs> as they would say. Um, other things that uh, I experienced this week. Um, yeah, man, it's hard to like it's a hard topic to get get through, but. Other things that uh, I done this did this week is that I went to go see Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope, and uh, it was pretty good. I would highly recommend it. I might do a little bit more of an in-depth review of it in the next week just to give more people the opportunity to talk about it because I definitely want to go really deep into spoilers. But uh, my overall recommendation is that if you're kind of expecting to go into Nope and just expecting like a pure horror film, uh, that's kind of, uh, this might be a little spoilery, but that's about aliens i would say go in go in with tempered expectations of that i would say that nope was a little bit more of a a spielberg film in in a way it was a little bit more uh focused on like really great camera shots really great uh movement and really it focused more on spectacle than i was anticipating with this movie i thought it was a great film i would highly recommend it 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 looks beautiful uh some of the cgi is pretty bad in certain places are not bad it just looks a little bit wonky but uh they they kind of had to and there's certainly some elements of nope that i feel like some audience members will find confusing, which is why I want to talk about that a little bit more in depth with uh, some spoilers. Uh, But we'll leave that for next week episode. Um, other things that I'm looking forward to is I'm, I'm, I need a new comfort show. I think my current my current comfort show was One Piece, and I know I've, this is like my third week in a row talking about One Piece, but 
but One Piece is great. I ended up switching to the manga and started reading reading the chapters instead of watching the show um, through Viz Media. And I started doing that because I was starting to notice that the pacing in the show was incredibly, was slowing down significantly. And so I decided, you know what? I hear that the manga is actually really, really good. I'm just going to go on to vizmedia.com, sign up for like a $2 a month uh monthly subscription and uh i ended up getting uh my mom's ipad and i've been just scrolling through these chapters and really blowing through it and honestly uh the last arc i read was alabasta it was like re- it was really really good one day i might do a, a podcast specifically about that arc and what i think uh oda is probably his best storytelling talents i've noticed through one piece but that's something for uh, that again that's something for another podcast um, if you like the show uh, it would be really awesome if you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts uh, you can also follow me at David Shire on Twitter or um, at the story they tell on Instagram you can DM me send me some ideas about what you want me to talk about maybe give me a movie recommendation I'll watch it and then I'll I'll tell you if it's garbage or not <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I want to have a little bit more fan interaction and do a little bit more alright anyway again my name is David Shire, and this is the story they tell.